Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British royal history. If you enjoy royal media, in addition to current events and history within the British royal family, then you have found your home, and be sure to hit that subscribe and bell icon down below so you can stay up to date on all things happening here on the channel. The Crown Season 5. It happened. We've watched it. We've digested it. We've taken notes on it. We've looked at other people's opinions, and today we're going to talk about it. we talk about thoughts, feelings, and in about a week and a half, we are going to have our usual crown breakdown of what they got right, what they got wrong, what they changed, and why, and to better understand the true story that was being told this season. The season was incredibly heavy-handed at times, and also weirdly bland so it's going to take some time and research to be able to get everything together but if finding out what the crown got right what the crown got wrong interests you be sure to stick around before we get into today's review of the crown season five let me know down below in the comments what did you think of this season were you entertained by it did you find it boring like a lot of us? Were you offended? Were you entertained? Did you think it was the best thing you've ever seen? Whatever your thoughts and feelings were on season five, let me know down below. I would love to hear what you have to say. So season five. Season five was incredibly anticipated. It was as if the royal family began walking on eggshells because it's the 90s. We've reached the 90s. This was not a good decade for the royal family at all. And there's a lot that could pick from. There's a lot that you could really choose to pick a myriad of storyline options. And I left this season kind of going, eh? eh? Like, I wasn't particularly that enthused with it. It was, it didn't feel like it lived up to the bar that the crown had already set. It felt like it hit slightly under. Performances were were great for the most part but it was the weird storytelling and approach to it is really where i have my main core of qualms with it but this season where does it cover it covers 1991 all the way through till the summer of 1997 probably about a few weeks to maybe a few months before diana's eventual accident and death which answers that question. If you've been following any of our season five coverage, that's been our big question. Where does season five end? Well, it ends essentially right up to the bell. And season six is going to open with the death of Diana. That much we know for sure. They are filming it over, I believe they're filming it in Spain right now. So that will be very interesting to see what they do. This season it did have some high points. There are things I really did like about it. There are things that I was really disappointed about. Things that made me go, what the hell? And then into the larger, you know, what are they truly trying to inform us? So first things first, what did we love about this season? Claire Foy, Vanessa Kirby make cameos in it. And they truly, truly are fabulous. Uh, Claire Foy actually came back and filmed, filmed something fresh to start the season where Vanessa Kirby's cameo was just reused footage from season one. Either way, I missed them. They are such fantastic actresses and it was just so great to see them again. And that was just, it made me smile when I saw them. And to continue on that, Princess Margaret's storyline with Peter Townsend, it was a wonderful callback and it was a great way to sort of round out that storyline. As anticipated, Margaret is still painted as this really tragic figure, but it was nice to see her storyline actually finish. Another highlight, of course, costumes, 
jewels, wigs, locations, sets, all of those beautiful met the measure chef's kiss. Um, they did reuse a lot of actual news footage from this era. And I think they actually used some of the real wedding footage of Charles and Diana, which is really interesting. There was a lot of mixed sort of the, instead of replicated newsreels, they just used the newsreels, which is really interesting. Um, the other really big highlight for me was towards the end of the season, spoiler alert, but also this is history too. Most of us have lived through this. Charles and Diana have a moment in Kensington Palace after the divorce and Charles comes over. They talk and digest their marriage. What went right? What went wrong? Where did we each let each other down? And that like 10 minutes of screen time where they're in both in the main drawing room of their Kensington Palace apartment all the way to when they're in the kitchen. That was beautiful. That is it, it reminded me of why I really love The Crown. That moment right there where we don't know if it happened or not. It, it probably didn't. But it felt real. I lived through something like that, both as a person in a relationship and as a child. That that type of interaction. This was, it was that I was so just, yes, this is what I love about the show. They had a little bit of that with Prince Philip and the Queen in the Romanoff episode, but even then, that wasn't, it wasn't this. It, it didn't have that full magic, that full spark. So that was the one of the big highlights of it. And I also just want to talk about uh, the Royal Yacht Britannia. Those sets were beautiful. It, at times, it made me think they were actually fully on the ship, but no, they've the ship has since been retrofitted to be a museum. So, the, whoever built and designed those sets, hats off to you. That the, those are beautiful. But now into more of the what the hell moments. I have two what the hell moments. The Romanoff episode. That one. Oh my God. Starting you know, cold open of the episode and we're seeing the assassination of the Romanoff family. No prep, no nothing, just into it. Seeing the Tsarina get shot at execution style. Seeing the four Grand Duchesses get stabbed. Ooh, that I was not prepared for. And it was very jarring. It was a very jarring shift. And that... I posted on Twitter about it and uh, Modern Monarchy even said that <laughs> it was like whiplash. Just, oh, we're here now. Oh, okay, wow. I'd always wanted to you know, know what happened that night, but dear Lord, now I don't want to know. Um, so that one was more jarring in terms of, you know, I was not anticipating this. The other what the hell moment was the first Al-Fayed episode. And this is where the show really began to show their hand. Um, of course, as we all know, history Dodi Alfaya died the same night Diana had her accident. They were in the car together. They were dating at the time. And one of the things the show's doing is it's introducing the Alfaya family and how they got close to the royals. So then it makes sense how Dodi and Diana started dating. I understand what they're doing here. I understand what they're doing from a storytelling standpoint. They're trying to show how we got here. But in turn, you know, you introduce them so early in the season and then you don't do anything with it until the very end. It it was just weird. When I first saw it, I was like, what, what is this? 
Yes, it's the episode where it talks about when the Duchess of Windsor died and sort of that chapter of history is officially done. But and when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At times, it was just really weird. It's like this first episode. It's a great episode. Well written, compelling. I was into it. It was interesting. But the flip side of it, from a storytelling standpoint, you're introducing this plot point and then you're not doing anything with it until significantly later in the season. And the big reason is you're prepping for the next season with this plot point. So I, I, I get what you're doing. But it made me just go, what the hell is this? This is weird storytelling. This is like incomplete storytelling. You're spacing the plot points out so far that it was just it was just weird. So those two moments made me go, what the hell? But now we've gotten to the more meat and potatoes of my review of this season. So this season really wasn't the best of seasons. It was, to me, it wasn't very emotionally engaging at times. The show felt hollow. I wasn't fully emotionally invested in these characters. There were times with like Charles and Diana where things felt real and it was great and it was so compelling. But then like this such over the top, very shoehorned imagery, allegory, messaging where comparing the queen to the royal Yacht Britannia being old, outdated, needing repairs, we need something new, something fresh. Okay, we get it. That got hammered so, so hard. And then with the two episodes of her interview where the one comparing her to Guy Fox and being a traitor and then the other one where they kept going, you know, to Martin Bashir, are you sure we're not going to regret this? Are you sure, you know, you know what you're doing? Are we going to live to regret this? You know, those, that type of, you know, hindsight 2020, where we now know how much he fabricated and lied. There was so much really shoehorned imagery in comparison where it was like they were spoon feeding it. They weren't letting you pick up on it like what they had done before. Again, there's so much that happened in the 90s, but yet they chose this. This is what they chose. We were so on pins and needles and the trailer looked so good. And then we get to, it's like, this is really it. This like the, I wasn't as engaged as before. The performances were kind of left me going, you know, I wanting more. There were moments of, of sunshine. There were moments of glitter and shine and beauty that reminded me why I love the crown. You know, these wonderful dramatizations which we all know here how much the crown is fake. We do. But there were so many other points this season frequently where I just 
wasn't engaged. I wasn't emotionally invested. Their performances felt like they were just like missing something. When moments with the media or with like the Al-Fayed family or in the divorce episode where we're seeing divorce court and, you know, couples interacting, those were more engaging and interesting than the moments with the royal family. So I don't know what was going on with the writing this season. I don't quite know truly what was going on. But on the other hand, they're building for season six. This is another thing that I felt in my bones watching this season. They're prepping for season six. Season six is going to be a big one with the death of Diana and really how the monarchy changes officially. And the new generation getting older. And we've already know that William's going to have a little bit bigger role next season. But it was just... It was weird. The shift really didn't feel like it was much on the queen anymore. It was so much on the media. The media made me feel icky. These depictions of the media made me feel really icky. It really highlighted what we'd seen in documentaries of tapping into phones, leaking letters, leaking these things, the true manipulation and harassment of the media and the press in the 90s. That's the big takeaway you can get from this season. You know, yes, it made me, it was, that's just the big takeaway. I wanted more from this season and it didn't, it didn't feel like it brought it, which is sad because the crown usually does. So it just, I remember feeling a little bit like this about season three, but you know, now it's like, this really just felt like it, they wanted to pull punches, but they pulled punches with the media, not with the Royal family. So it was, I don't really know, but Final closing statement, season five of The Crown left me wanting more. I wasn't engaged. I wasn't feeling it. It was, you know, good performances, but I just wasn't feeling it. You know, it's, it makes me feel like they're really prepping for a really big series end with season six, which is great, but don't forget your other seasons. Don't forget your other work. But let me know down below what did you think of the season? Did you like it? Were you bored and kind of meh, like the rest of us, including myself? Or did you really find it compelling and really engaged? Let me know down below. I would love to hear what you have to say. And stick around. Hit that subscribe button to prepare for our big episode. What season five got right? What season five got wrong? What they changed? And why? Because they they changed a lot. They changed a, a lot. This is, I get for storytelling purposes, but... They changed a lot. So get ready for that episode. I look forward to seeing you in the future and I will see you in the next one.